Hey guys, it's Timmy and Christina once again. Today we're going to talk to you guys about coexisting, like introducing your dogs to other people, introducing your dogs to other dogs, teaching your dogs to leave everything alone, like distractions in public, distractions in your house, whatever the case may be. And then also talk a little bit about teaching new behaviors like teaching new commands, how to teach your dog to sit or lay down or whatever. Just the basics. We're not going to go too, too in crazy. Depth, yeah. Yeah. But, so, let's talk about coexisting. So, coexisting is teaching the dog to deal with everything else that's going on around them. If you're walking down the road, there's a lot of cars, there's other people, other dogs, and whatever. We just want the dog to leave everything alone yep. pay attention to us we're the leader we'll show you where to go you just follow us yep. that's it why do we want the dogs to coexist they have to understand that there's more than just them yeah. in the world um whether it be humans or other animals yeah um, so if we just teach them to leave everything alone then now they aren't paying attention to all those distractions going on around them right all they're paying attention to is us which prevents that reactivity of the dogs barking lunging growling whatever because they're just like all right well my leader's saying everything's fine so all right everything's cool right we're just gonna leave that alone we're gonna keep walking but if they're allowed to look at all these other things and fixate on it and build arousal then that reactivity is going to start to show up so what do we do as soon as that arousal starts showing up we correct it yeah. right away you got to squash it right at the beginning yep and there's signs that let you know when your dog's becoming aroused is ears are perking up the dog is paying more attention to a certain direction um they may stop walking um their breathing changes sometimes yep. you might hear a growl you might see the fur raising up yep just imagine anything that's different than how the dog normally is so you're just walking down the road everything's fine and then the dog like snaps his head this way you're like okay that's not normal he's definitely staring at something right so now you know that something's different so he's interested yeah. he's aroused by whatever distraction is happening at the time so as soon as you see those behaviors like change in your dog that's when you need to do your correction and it can be as simple as a prong collar correction yeah it could be an e-collar e correction. correction yeah you can even give a warning beforehand vibration or tone just to kind of snap them out of that mindset real quick like they start to get aroused by something and they hear a tone well they know that normally the tone is followed up by a correction so they're like all right i don't want corrected so i'm going to stop doing that right or the vibration feeling or whatever if you guys are consistent with that then that's a good warning for the dog hey knock it off if you continue you're going to get stimulated and it's not going to feel great yeah, and just keep in mind, though, like, if you tone and they quit the behavior, but in a couple of seconds they go back to 
being aroused or interested in the distraction, you need to correct right yep. away. Like, don't give another warning sign. Don't they tone warned. them. Yeah. they Don't tone them twice. Tone, if they do it again, correct. Yeah. Let them know that you mean no, basically. Yeah. Your tone has to have meaning just like your words have to have meaning. When you right. tell your dog no, they need to listen to no. And they need to know, all right, no means if I keep doing it, I'm going to get corrected and it's going to suck. Right. So, be strict. That's that's the biggest thing is be strict. <laughs> stay consistent on your correcting and stay consistent in making sure your dog knows that you mean no. Like, yes, I'm going to give you warning signs. However, if you're going to continue, then... I'm going to correct you and it's not going to feel good. Yeah. And you just got to keep that just keep that consistency and your dog's always going to respect your warning signs. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to understand, okay, well, <laughs> if I continue, I know that my my owner means So no. how many times have you guys had to say no to your dog like 5 times in a row or press the tone button like <laughs> 5 times in a row? And the dog's just like, you know what? Screw you. Yep. I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. Yep. And I don't really care what you say. Yep. Well, that's because your words don't have enough meaning to the dog. Like, when you say no, your dog's just like, well, what are you going to do about it? Oh, you're going to tell me no again? Yep. All right, watch this. I'm going to keep digging or whatever they're doing. So we want to give our words and our warnings meaning. Make sure that you follow them up with a correction. But back to the coexisting. So how do we work on making the dog coexist? We have to, one, correct arousal. Two, we need to teach the dog to leave the distractions alone. So for that, make the dog know a command very well with very little distractions present. In your house, you're teaching your dog's place or downstay or whatever. So now they get really good at downstay when there's nothing going on. Right. So now start to introduce some distractions. The vacuum cleaner. Yep. Throwing a toy around them or whatever. And if they Bouncing get up. Bouncing a ball. Yeah. yeah. Having kids run around playing is oh, a yeah. good one. Um, yeah. Just create your own distractions in home first before trying to do like public stuff basically is what we're saying. Yeah. They need to be really successful and the distraction free commands first and then after they're really good with those then we start to implement the distractions and we can add more and more distractions as they go but at first usually what happens the dog gets up yeah so you bounce a ball you run the vacuum or whatever and the dog gets up and and wants to run away from that or run to the toy so then we can apply pressure to have the dog lay back down or we can correct them for getting up whatever method is working best for you and your dog different dogs respond better to correction yeah different different types of corrections or pressure yeah so once we start to implement those distractions we can take our dog out in public where now the distractions are like everywhere and now there's other dogs that we're walking past or that are walking past us while the dog's in a downstay. Okay. We take a lot of dogs to Lowe's and Home Depot because they're dog friendly. 
The mm-hmm. store is dog friendly. So, so there's other dogs in there. Yeah. There's people, workers. There's machines. You know, loud noises. Lists. Yep. Loud noises are a big one. Yep. I've had a lot of dogs that are scared of like trash cans and stuff because the wind blows them over <laughs> when we're walking past and they think it's the end of the world. Yeah. And what do I do? I just keep walking like nothing happened yep. because I want to show the dog that I'm confident in the situation. Right. Everything's fine because I say it's fine. Just follow me. Don't worry about that trash can. It ain't going to hurt you. Yep. But if I try to have a conversation with the dog, they're not going to understand. So my conversation is keep walking and correct. Right. Show your confidence. And we've we've um, said this in previous episodes about dogs only know what we teach them anyways. So <clears throat> Timmy was talking about how dogs communicate by body language. If, if we continue to just walk when there's a loud distraction or a noise or a dump truck or kids playing or dogs running around barking in a fenced-in area if we just walk and don't show any attention to it then the dog's gonna do what we do because Mm -hmm. they already read off of body language anyways so we don't really even have to talk to them just continue to walk if they start to react we correct yep or if they show arousal that change of behavior yep they start to look at those barking dogs that we're walking past. Yep. Correct the stare before it gets to the barking. Right. Because if you correct the arousal, a lot of times you prevent the, the yeah. barking lunging. What do you call it? The explosion phase? Explosion phase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have the arousal and the explosion. So we want to prevent that explosion from happening. So we keep walking. We correct. And... Stay confident. Yeah. Keep yeah. confident for the dog. Yeah. So that's coexisting with loud noises, distractions in public, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But how about coexisting with like new people? Like you, <laughs> you bring a new dog into your house, right? And you already have your dogs there, so you want the dogs to coexist with the new dog. Yeah. Or a stranger comes into the house, a stranger to the dogs, not necessarily a stranger to you comes into the house you want the dogs to coexist with the person right so how would you go about making the dogs coexist with both of those humans yeah humans or dogs either way um start with humans i guess yeah okay so uh, if i have a if i have company over and my dogs are out of their kennels then i typically make them go to place yeah and they are on place for quite some time typically before i release them to meet the new individual so i'm basically letting them relax on place i am letting my dogs know that this is okay i'm fine with this person being in our home there's no reason for you to do any kind of reacting there's no reason for you to do anything really i want you to stay on place and i'm letting you know that this is okay after everything is calmed down and you know um the anxiety of a new individual coming into the home you know calms down then after some time i'll let them off place and typically they're pretty good about not reacting or showing any kind of like arousal yeah they might go over and sniff them a bit and mm -hmm. you know just to kind of introduce themselves i guess yeah say a so the environment settled down at that point. Right. So now the dogs realize, all right, this guy's not so bad after all, or this girl's not so bad after all. Right. But if you have a dog who has tendencies of, like, 
growling, barking at people, that kind of stuff, then you can do the same method, but now we want to like tie the dog back, tie them to the place bed or something, so that if they do break place, they're There's not... There's something, yeah, stopping them from reacting so quickly or like getting close to the individual or I don't know really exactly what I'm trying to say but well safety is you don't want them to bite anybody right safety is the most important thing so yeah we're teaching our dogs to coexist with people but we know that there's that chance because the dog's kind of a jerk yeah so let's keep them tied back and if they stay on place and don't break it I mean, awesome. Yeah. Cool. The right. leash is just there. It's loose the whole time unless they try to get up. Right. But it's never a bad idea to have that leash on there for those circumstances. So then a lot of times, like she was saying, when you let the dog off a place, they'll just kind of like come up and sniff the person or whatever because they've already determined like, all right, this guy's not so bad after all. Right. So what about new or new dogs um new dogs you typically want to walk them in like a you know one in the front one in the back Mm -hmm. um do that for a couple of minutes and then kind of switch places maybe or like walk side by side yeah um let them know like this is okay there's no reason for you to react I mean, it's it's kind of like the same thing with the humans, only you're walking a dog with another dog. Right. But you want to... I would definitely start off with, like, a little bit of distance in between, um, especially if you have, like, a dog that is, you know, reacting or doesn't really care for other dogs. Yeah. Um, and she means one owner in front with one dog. Yeah. The other owner in the back yeah. with the other dog. Yeah. And Sorry, then slowly... No, that's okay. I just... <laughs> I didn't want somebody to be like envisioning like, all right, I'm going to have a long leash on this dog and then a short leash on this dog. One's in front. No, we want oh, two yeah, different people. Oh, yeah, you want people, two different. Yeah, you. And then slowly close that distance. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Just Good. in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then after they start to kind of deal with each other and whatnot, maybe it takes a couple walks. Then we can start to let them kind of get closer to one another i would definitely take your time this is not something that i would rush like okay we've been on a two minute walk like let's walk side by side like let's walk a minute and then slowly you know walk side by side and then maybe the person that was in the front can you know move up to the front and just kind of like basically take a nice walk all together let them know that they're both there you know let the one dog know that the other dog is there and vice versa and then we can bring it into the house remember we were talking about have the dog on place for other people well why not put the dog on place and then have the other dog come in and just keep the distance a little bit far away slowly let it get close to one another and maybe they'll start to like sniff each other as the one walks past the place bed But the environment will start to settle down a little bit, and the dogs will realize, all right, these guys aren't so bad after all. Right. But a lot of dog fights are started because owners are holding the dogs nose to nose, Mm -hmm. tight leashes on both sides, and a tight leash creates 
a couple of things in the dog. One, it creates drive. The dog wants to pull against it. And that, in turn, can cause arousal in the dog. So we were talking about arousal. We want to squash it before it gets to that barking, lunging, whatever. So if we're building arousal, then we are basically pushing the dog towards the barking and lunging. Right. So we don't want to do that. Instead, it's better to just walk them together, let the dogs coexist with each other in a controlled environment instead of doing this nose-to-nose thing. And the way that I explain it to people is this way. So imagine a police canine handler is holding a leash and the canine is pulling against the leash. He's got that drive. And the police canine handler is about to send the dog to the bad guy. So what does the police canine handler do? He pulls harder on the leash. Why? Because it's amping the dog up. Yep. He's getting more and more driven and that arousal's building and he just wants to bite this guy. <laughs> right. So then as soon as it's time to drop the leash, he drops it and that dog goes and he bites. Yep. So the handler did it on purpose. He's yeah. just amping that dog up. Because I mean, that's if you what the really, dog was meant, yeah. is meant to do. Yeah. But do we want our pet dogs to get all amped up like that? No. No. So I want you to imagine this. The same scenario, but that canine now has a prong collar on. And the handler's holding the leash on the prong collar. So now the dog starts to pull to want to create that drive. And the canine handler just goes pop, pop, pop on the leash on that prong collar. Right. What's the dog going to do? He's going to pull back. He's not going to Yeah. He's, he's not going like, to continue to pull against it because right. at that point he's like, "Oh, yeah. What it, was that? It didn't like, feel yeah, good. Feel good. Right. I'm going to keep pulling against that." Right. So, let's take that into perspective of the pet dog once again. If we pop 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 on that prong collar or remote collar correction, yep. Then now we are squashing that arousal and the dog's not getting amped up. Right. So, long story short, no nose to note meet and greets. Right. We want the dogs to coexist with each other in a controlled environment. It's calm. It's more calm that way. Yeah. It, it, you let a dog come into another dog's home and I'll instantly let them go nose to nose. Like, there's already tension there. Right. They're like, there's, who are you? Yeah. What are you doing in my... This is yeah. my house. So they're already on defense. Like, there's tension. There's that drive. And there's that arousal. We don't know what they're thinking. Like, you take them on a nice, calm walk. Like, let them slowly get used to their smell. And, you know, being there around, around them, it, it makes it so much easier. And, you know, the more confident that we stay... In the situation, the dog is just—it's—it's it's just calmer. It—it mm-hmm. it doesn't create all that extra tension and drive and arousal that we've been talking about. It just makes things a lot easier. Yeah, a lot of times a neutral environment can help too. So, let the dogs meet in a neutral environment after you've walked them together and maybe had them on place at the park or whatever, and had the other dog walking nearby. Because now you don't have that little bit of resource guarding, like, this is my house. Yep. What are you doing here? So that might help as well. But let's go back to the introducing people really quick, since I'm talking about 
the neutral environment. It's another thing that you can do is if you're out and about with your friend or, or whoever it is that you want to introduce the dog to, then that person can actually grab the leash from you and just walk the dog away. Just kind of walk the dog around. Yep. And when the dog is in its own environment, trying to go up to it and grab the leash might not be a good idea. But when you're out in public yeah, and on neutral grounds, yeah. it's a lot. The dog is already like, okay, I'm out somewhere where I've, you know, probably never been before. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like it's my job to do any resource guarding or, you know, doing the protect the protective, mm -hmm. you know, um, behavior. So it does make it a little bit easier. I had a client that I was working with and that's, that's how I took their dog. They had a lot of like reactivity and they resource guarded the owner quite a bit. And I just walked up behind her, grabbed the leash and continued walking. The dog didn't react to me. He didn't, yeah. You because know, that become, trigger was mm -hmm. or that high value object which is the owner was removed from the picture right so now it's just christina and the dog right and they're like oh i have nothing to protect who are you this is weird but all right right i'll deal with it i guess and it's still that that confidence needs to come into play still too mm -hmm. because <clears throat> regardless if you're the pet owner or just another human like they still can feel your energy as well so yeah. if you're nervous and anxious about inter like being introduced to a new dog they're definitely going to know like they're going to feel that feeling too yeah. which then in return is going to make them feel <laughs> anxious and i need to be alert i need to be on guard yeah and a couple things to remember your dog really doesn't need to meet anybody else no and your dog doesn't really need to meet any other dogs nope. like it's just not natural for them so don't go out of your way to introduce your dog to a bunch of people because you are just going to create some nervousness. Mm -hmm. You might start to create a little bit of reactivity, like not necessarily in a terrible, like barking, lunging way, but it could get to that point. But at first it's going to be, oh, I'm all excited because there's someone walking by. I want to go get attention from them. And they're pulling away from the owner and not caring what the owner's saying right so the owner's trying to correct the dog but they're like no screw you i want to go get attention from them yeah and i want my dogs to just pay attention to me i don't care about bob and jill walking down the road this way that you want attention from they probably don't even want to pet you anyways just right. listen to me <laughs> so mm -hmm. remember that they don't need to meet anybody and if they get to the point where they are getting nervous about people walking up to them and petting them and stuff you can start seeing that reactivity will start to build mm -hmm. and they'll start growling at people that start to get close and if they're not corrected for that that's going to lead to barking that's going to lead yeah. to lunging and it's just going to get worse and worse so i usually tell people don't pet my dog please um, if i'm walking out in public now I have a dog that absolutely loves kids. Like, her favorite thing in the world is kids. <laughs> so, I'll take them... I'm sorry, I'll take her to my son's baseball games and stuff. And all these kids will walk up and, and want to pet her. And she just absolutely loves it. So, I will let that go sometimes. Yeah. But, 
To a certain extent, though, yeah. you want to still be the one in control of the environment, right. basically. So yeah, let your dog enjoy what she likes to enjoy, but at the same time, like after like after so much, enough yeah. is enough, basically. You need to definitely set boundaries as well. Like, all right, she's had enough. She's starting to get kind of anxious, you know, anxious, and, yeah, worked up, whatever. She just needs to lay down for a little bit. Please don't pet her right now. Okay. And if I'm walking through a store or something and someone wants to pet her, I usually say no. I'd rather you not because I don't want to have to pay that medical bill if something happens. Right. Like if they just like go too fast toward her to pet her and she's like, whoa, don't know you. Right. Bit your hand. Yeah. And now I got to pay for someone's stitches when I could have just said no, I'd rather not. Yep. And I mean 90% of the time though, people out in public normally ask... Yeah. hey can i pet your dog and some I'm, i mean sometimes the dog won't even allow it anyways yeah. like i had another client we were out in public and this old lady was on like a little scooter and she was like oh your dog's so beautiful and like kind of stuck her hand out and the dog like completely avoided her and yeah. like went all the way around like i don't even care to meet you lady like just leave me alone yeah but 90% of the time, they're going to be understanding. They're not going mm-hmm. to, like, press, pressure you or, you know, press the issue. It's just not worth it to me. <clears throat> yeah, especially if you have, you know, a dog that's not so friendly. Mm-hmm. You just never know how your dog is going to react to an outsider. Yeah. So. It's and what's just, the benefit? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, is it for the dog? Because we've talked about human affection and what it does to dogs. Yeah. So. It's not for the dog. It's for the person that's petting the dog. Yep. It's like their own, I don't know. Satisfaction, whatever. So if they are just like pressuring you and pressuring you, I mean, it's best to just say no and walk away. And and if they're going to reach in and try to pet the dog after you say no, I usually just like put my hand up like, no. I, yeah. Please don't. Yeah. And I've really had some people pressure me and... I just have to stick to my guns. Like, yeah. I know why I'm saying no. I understand that you're a nice person, and yeah. I appreciate it, but the answer is no. Yes. So, so, long story short, again, they don't need to meet other people. They don't need to meet other dogs. They just need to listen. That's it. Yeah. They just need to learn that no matter what, there's other things out there. Yeah. Is it something that they have to react to every time? Absolutely not. Let me do my job as your pet owner everything is okay you don't need to react you don't need to worry about that leaf blown in the yard it's it's happening it's there's stuff out there you just need to learn to coexist with it you just need to learn to understand that things are happening you don't have to worry about it let me do my job as your owner there's going to be other people in the world there's going to be other dogs in the world there's going to be vehicles in the world yep distractions 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 (laughs) so just leave it alone listen to me that's the that's the main thing we just want our dogs to listen right absolutely so that pretty much sums up coexisting coexisting Uh, so let's talk about teaching new commands Um, what is a marker word and why do we use marker words Um, marker word I mean for example could be like yes Mm -hmm. good good boy good girl um uh, those are like the only ones that I ever use. So I don't, I don't really. I've heard people say thank you. Thank you is kind of cute. Um, I, but I guess I have said thank you before, but not like, I don't know. It's like prepping the dog for a reward. It's like, 
Yes, good job. Here's a treat. Yeah. So dogs they something respond good. too. Yeah, they, they, know. they perk up. They're like, ooh. But you have to teach them. Yeah. I mean, so at first, a lot of our training is just like, yes, treat, yes, treat, yes, treat, yes, treat. Yeah. And and that's fine. We can sit there and do that for thirty minutes because when we actually start doing reps, now we say that yes word. And they and already know. Yeah. They're all kinds of excited. Yeah. So teaching new commands is all positivity. 100%. There's zero corrections. It is just make the dog do it, mark a word, and treat. Yes. I like to use clickers because they make the same sound every single time. And I could be in a really bad mood, and my yes could sound like yes. Good job. <laughs> And, and it's not necessarily about just the word. It has, the, your tone makes a huge difference yeah. as well. So if my tone is off, yeah, then the dog's not going to feel quite as excited about right. me doing a sit. Yeah. You know? So I like to do the click and the marker word. That way, every single time the dog knows you are doing a great job. Right. Like, so good. I'm glad that you touched your butt to the floor when I said sit. Good. Yes. And then the treat follows. So that is marker words and why we do those. But everything is either food rewards, toy rewards, praises, whatever yeah. is high value to the dog. Like yes. we've had some dogs that just don't take treats. Oh. Actually, Many. a lot. <laughs> yeah. And they just want to work for praise and yeah. and attention which is just fine like we've talked about limit human affection you can do it for like warranting like warranted behavior yeah. so dog sits good job now they get a nice pet on the hat right that's warranted affection yes unwarranted is just hey we're sitting on the couch and just and stroking the yeah. dog non-stop so yeah, if you are, you know, going to reward for, you know, teaching new commands or whatever, yeah, go ahead, show him some affection. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still something that he's going to enjoy. He knows that it's a reward. Mm -hmm. You know, you're excited, you're petting him, you, you're talking to him, you know, with a, a fun tone. and Yeah, I get all excited. I mean, I'm like, high pitch, good job, good boy. Yep. And... It's just because the dogs love it. Yep. And they definitely can tell the difference between like correction tone right. <laughs> or praise tone. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm doing something good. Yes. Yeah. We, so. we try to get all excited so that they know that they're just doing the best job. Yeah. The more excited, the better outcome, honestly. But for like toy rewards, like my Malinois, they'll do anything for a tennis ball. Like anything. So I don't have to break out the treats. If I just have this ball in my hand and tell them <laughs> down or shake or whatever whatever I'm saying, then they're going to listen because they want that ball so bad. Mm -hmm. But I'm making them work for it, so it's like... Yep, I make good. Marty work for it, too, every yeah. time. he Normally, he always, like, puts the balls, like, underneath the couch or something, so that he'll, like, get up and, like, start searching for him and stuff, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, buddy, you got to sit, yep. <laughs> and then I'll get your ball. Yep. But, yeah... They love their balls, too. So every dog's going to be a little bit different on what uh, reward that they want. Right. So it might take some time to learn what they really enjoy mm -hmm. so that, you know, it's a more higher value reward. You know, 
they're more driven because they enjoy that reward better than the other reward like when they don't take treats they're not as like excited to do the command yeah. you know so once you find out what your dog likes then it makes things a little easier too i trained a dog not too long ago who would do anything for whipped cream really mm-hmm. no so i just had a can of whipped cream and i was doing reps <laughs> letting them that's lick awesome it yes. it, he loved it he yeah. absolutely loved it that's awesome but when we're teaching new commands, everything is positive, 100%. Yes. We can do pressure with, like, the prong collar at the same time or e-collar pressure. But that's just teaching the dog how to turn the pressure off, too. So we're, like, accomplishing more than one thing at the same time. Teaching the dog to turn the pressure off and teaching the dog how to lay down or sit, whatever, right. at the same time. So we're pushing the butt down while we're giving a little bit of prong collar pressure. Butt hits the floor. Click yes food. Yep. Or click yes toy. Whatever. Okay. We correct unwanted behaviors with corrections, with tools. So e-collar corrections, prong collar corrections, whatever that we're going to use. But we don't want to correct unwanted behaviors with food. No. So, that's just redirecting. Yep. Redirecting does not work. And we it talked just, about that previously as well. Yeah, just teaches the dog that you are rewarding them for doing that unwanted behavior. Right. So we want to make it very black and white to the dog. Mm-hmm. You're doing a good job, so you get food or whatever is very interesting to you. Right. You are not doing a good job by mm-hmm. chewing on my couch. So, so I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable, right. basically. It, which is the correction prong collar e-collar but make it meaningful like we were stating earlier yeah black or white it's good or it's bad yes right or wrong so when we're teaching commands we do hundreds of repetitions for each command because we want the dog to know like really really know what this command means right so that we can start introducing distractions to them and take them out in public and start working with these commands but if we're just doing like 10 reps and then we take them out in public they're probably not going to listen to that down command or whatever like we have to really ingrain it in their mind like make it muscle memory i say down your elbows are going to hit the floor yes i say sit your butt's going to hit the floor yes and that way when it's comes to the time where we are taking them out in public it's just second nature so always have them like basically perfect in distraction free environments and then start introducing those distractions like we were talking about earlier yes all right so that sums up everything really introducing dogs to uh, your dog introducing people letting them coexist with both Teaching new commands, a yep. little bit of correcting unwanted behavior stuff, and it's just you got to be consistent with everything. Yes, and lots of reps, especially yeah. when it comes to teaching the new commands. Just reps, 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 and even more reps. <laughs> hundreds, like literally hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't be surprised if at the end of a week of you working with Down you have 500 repetitions like that's what you should have Mm -hmm. 
yep. But, yep, it's, this is a, sh a short episode, I think, today. I, I thought that this was going to last a little bit longer. So, hopefully you guys, um, you know, send some more questions and let us know what you guys are, what you guys are thinking. And we can start doing some other stuff. Yeah, we'll get some more episodes for you. Absolutely. Just keep bringing the topics in for us. Yes. Any questions, concerns, or whatever, reach out to us on Facebook or, you know, our website or whatever it may be, and we'll get we'll get some more information out to you guys. Well, you guys are awesome. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.